Hello, I'm Peter Van Dusen, and this is the Primetime Politics Podcast. On primetime politics tonight, the election is over and the new parliament will look pretty much like the last parliament. Canadians have delivered a fifth minority government in seven elections and now the questions turn to how the parties can work together and for how long. What are the expectations of our political leaders as we continue to face the challenges of the pandemic and will all of the leaders hold on to their jobs after these election results? Coming up, I'll speak with newly re-elected MPs about the results and what they mean. And journalists weigh in on the election outcome and the possible consequences. Well, let's start with the numbers. After a 36-day campaign that cost $600 million, here's where we are. The Liberals were re-elected with another minority government. They won 158 seats. The Conservatives have 119 seats. The Bloc Québécois, 34 seats. The NDP, 25 seats and the Greens two seats. Some of those numbers though could change slightly because more than a dozen races are still too close to call and there are some 800,000 mail-in ballots still to be counted. So compared to the last election results, the Liberals are up one seat. Overall, the Conservatives are down two seats, the Bloc is up two seats, the NDP is up one and the Greens are down one. Well, the morning after election night, Justin Trudeau was out meeting people at a subway station in his Montreal riding today and posing for dozens of pictures. After a partisan campaign, Trudeau tried to take a more conciliatory tone in his speech last night after his election win when he spoke about his political opponents. I hear you when you say that you just want to get back to the things you love, not worry about this pandemic or about an election that you just want to know that your members of parliament of all stripes will have your back through this crisis and beyond. The moment we face demands real, important change. And you have given this parliament and this government clear direction. Today, the Conservative leader, Aaron O'Toole, met with reporters and was being questioned about his party's failure to win more seats and about his future as party leader. We're all disappointed with the results from last night. We had a pandemic election that really produced no change. It cost the country $600 million and further divided this country. So we're going to work together to undertake what went right, what went wrong, and learn and build trust with Canadians. We got closer in a lot of parts of the country, but not close enough. Next time we will, and we have to be ready because Mr. Trudeau has already threatened uh, another election in 18 months if he didn't get his way in this one. The NDP leader Jagmeet Singh also met with reporters today. He was in British Columbia and he talked about the NDP's inability to win a lot more seats and about his continued role as a power broker in the minority parliament. It's an honor, I'm thankful. I appreciate that, that people have a, a positive feeling towards me. Uh, but when I say this, I really mean it. That's good. That's all well and good. I'm really here because I want to make a difference. Well, I, we're in a great position to continue fighting for people. I'm, I'm pumped about um, the important work that we have to do, so I'm ready to get back to work. We had the same position in the last parliament, and we were able to, uh, to secure a lot of really important victories, some of the most notable victories that any opposition party has ever been able to secure for Canadians in recent memory. So we're going to continue to do that work. And uh, we're, we're confident that we'll be able to do that. 
I'm disappointed, uh, but not, not so much electorally in the sense that we're not able to do our work. We're going to still be able to fight hard for people. I'm just disappointed that there are a lot of really good candidates that, that we, had, we had running on our team that would have been really good voices for people. They would have really helped out people. They would have been there to fight for their communities in a really, really special way. And, and I'm, I'm disappointed that they're not going to be able to do that work in Ottawa because they would have been great. But in terms of our position, we're going to still, we're in the same position we were before, and we were in a great position to fight for Canadians, and we'll do that again. Well, let's bring in three members-elect of the new parliament, and uh, they are not strangers. Adam Vancouverton was re-elected for the Liberals in the Ontario riding of Milton. Eric Duncan was re-elected for the Conservatives in the Ontario riding of Stormont, Dundas, South Glengarry. And Heather McPherson was re-elected for the NDP in the riding of Edmonton, Strathcona. It's good to see you all, and congratulations in order for all of you. Uh, you'll be coming back to Parliament Hill to represent uh, your constituents, so uh, congratulations. Uh, Mr. Vancouver, let me start with you. Uh, after a 36-day campaign that was uh, often divisive, marked by personal attacks uh, on a number of different days, it's a $600 million election price tag, and we have another parliament, a minority parliament, that looks almost identical to the last one. So how was this exercise worthwhile? Well, thanks, Peter. And before I answer your question, I'd just like to say congratulations to my friends, Eric and Heather. It is nice to be on the show with them, as we have been before. Um, but it's also nice to express to viewers at home that we are actually friends and we do get along. And whether or not we, uh, you know, throw a couple of tomatoes on TV at each other, uh, we are friendly and, and collaborate in the House of Commons. Um, I think that it was really important that we asked Canadians which direction they wanted to go in. They had options and choices. And some people have characterized uh, this election as unnecessary, but I don't think I'm ever willing to characterize democracy as, as unnecessary or wasteful. I think this was an important exercise. Our, our government uh, dealt with COVID-19 well, and uh, it landed on our, on our plates in a sense, but in 2019, it wasn't on the ballot box, and it is and was for 2021. So uh, asking Canadians how they want to get away from COVID-19, how they want to beat COVID-19 okay. forever, uh, was certainly the theme of this election, and they made the choice to go forward. All right, well, we'll come back to exactly how we should interpret these results, because they're the same results as the last parliament, but uh, that'll come up in our conversation. Uh, Mr. Duncan, I know Conservatives uh, questioned repeatedly the need for this election, and now we have another minority government, but uh, there is a message in these results for every party. You're all right back where you were, uh, largely, being told to carry on uh, with uh, where you were at. Uh, why do you think the Conservatives weren't able to win more seats? Well, Peter, uh, thanks for the congrats on our re-election, and, and kudos to Heather and to Adam as well. Uh, look, I, I think the situation, you're right, the frustration from Canadians, we had this unnecessary election in the middle of the fourth wave. We had the situation, the wildfires in B.C., uh, the Afghan uh, deterioration in the, uh, in the issues in the, in the country there uh, were quite severe, and this added, again, another reason why Canadians were wondering why we're having an election. The cost is $600 million, and the result is very much the same. So I think we look at today, I think it was wrong for Justin Trudeau to call the election. I said that before the results came in, uh, and even more so uh, today when they see the similar result. Uh, but I think the best part you know, of this is that it's a minority government. We are able to hold the Liberals to account. Right. And there's a lot of things for accountability and transparency. Uh, I think I go back, Peter, what we were talking about you, before. You, but Mr. Duncan, just, sorry, just a moment. What I'm asking is why, how come the Conservatives couldn't win more seats? 
Well, I, we, we, we picked up some seats in Atlantic Canada. We picked some seats up in Ontario and lost in others. And I think it was certainly tough. I mean, Aaron's been uh, did very well in the campaign. I think he performed very well. But a lot of Canadians didn't know who he was even 36 days ago. And so for us to have the success that we have, the popular vote, for example, and pick up seats in different regions, I, I think it's a success in itself. We can't complain about those factors. Okay. Uh, Heather McPherson, you've now got company in Edmonton with a with a second new uh, new Democrat, Blake Desjardins, elected in the province in Edmonton, Grisba. But uh, overall, the new Democrats are, are are stalled here. Jagmeet Singh made a pitch for more seats to have even more sway in holding the Liberals to account in Ottawa. That didn't work. He got one extra seat. Why do you think the most popular leader hasn't been able to win more seats for the party? Mm -hmm. Well, great. Great question, and, and I, I mean, obviously, I have to say congratulations to my colleagues as well for for being on the call with us today and and joining us back in Ottawa. Um, you know, what I saw in Edmonton, of course, we we did pick up that seat with with Blake Desjardins. He is a phenomenal MP. We're really excited about that, which means in Alberta, and I know this is only from one to two, but we've doubled our numbers in Alberta, which is pretty spectacular. But more important, I think, what what we saw, you know almost to a candidate, our, our growth in the number of votes that we received was, was pretty spectacular, particularly in Alberta, particularly in Edmonton. Um, and, and, you know, I think that, that we, we did lose a little bit of that momentum with, with the scare tactics that we saw coming, you know, from both sides. We, we often hear that if you vote for the NDP, that bad guys will win. And frankly, I can't tell the difference between the bad guys sometimes. All right, Adam Vancouver, what do you think is the message you've been sent by the voters? Your leader wanted a majority. Uh, the voters said, uh, no, not now. Uh, but Justin Trudeau says he's been given a clear mandate to govern. Uh, more than two-thirds of the voters voted for other parties. So just how clear is that mandate and what obligations do you uh, think you have to work with the opposition parties? Well, I think the mandate is extremely clear. And I'd build on what Heather said with respect to the result in Alberta by congratulating four members from progressive parties who are joining the House of Commons, two of whom are Liberals in, in George Cahal and, uh, and Randy Boissonneau, which is extremely exciting because now um, Alberta is, is indeed represented by the three major parties. And I think that's a huge step forward. I'd also say that it seems, based on the results that I've seen, that an overwhelming number of Canadians voted for progressive platforms, progressive platforms on climate change, progressive platforms on changes to our housing strategy so that we can continue to ensure that every Canadian has a safe and affordable place to live, um, but also on some, some you know, deeper issues uh, like guns, which seem to be, uh, you know, dominate the narrative throughout this, uh, this election. And there's a, a very clear choice that so many Canadians made, whether they were voting Green, NDP or Liberal, that a progressive path forward was the one that they wanted to take. Okay. Mr. Duncan, how will these results affect the way uh, Conservatives do their jobs? Uh, you do your job as the official opposition, since uh, voters clearly were not prepared to make you the government. So will you continue to oppose $10 a day childcare and more ambitious climate targets when that's what voters clearly have opted for here? Well, one of the things that, Peter, I think on a good three hours sleep from last night and picking up lawn signs for seven hours so far today, there's going to be a lot of time to digest the policies and the, and the analysis of it, uh, of what's going to go ahead. I think the thing I think now is we got a strong opposition mandate. Uh, we had very well good results in the popular vote. Uh, again, we gained in certain regions as well, and I think there's a message there as well. So we are going to work to hold this government to account. We ran on a recovery plan to get the economy fired back up, to get people back to work, to get ourselves through COVID. So the things that you saw us talk about during the campaign are things we're going to be advocating for in Parliament. 
I got that mandate in Stormont, Dundas, South Glengarry, and uh, nearly 115, 117, whatever the number is, as it goes back and forth. We're going to have other colleagues that are doing the same thing as well. Okay. So, um, you know, our message resonated in certain parts of the country. The popular vote says something. And uh, we'll continue to do our job as a strong opposition to hold the government to account. Heather McPherson, will we see the NDP support the Liberals again in all those confidence votes to keep the minority government afloat? You know, frankly, the the NDP will will do whatever is in the best interests of Canadians. Um, you know, we have no interest in propping up any government that isn't going to follow through on the promises they've made. You know, just Justin Trudeau called an election that didn't need to be called. Uh, as you know, in Alberta, there is there is an enormous pressure on our healthcare system as the fourth wave is is hitting. You know, we've seen the the impacts of of bad governance at our provincial level. Uh, we'll continue to work with the the Liberals if they're prepared to move forward on childcare. Finally, give Canadians the childcare they promised. Move forward on pharmacare. Move forward on taxing the wealthy. Um, you know, move forward on those things that are important to Canadians, important to New Democrats. Right. Absolutely. So, then, then we'll continue some, to some work. of those some of those things or all of those things. Well, we will wait and see. I'm not the one that's going to be negotiating that. But certainly, right. I think if Justin Trudeau can promise things in a 36-day campaign, he can follow through with those things. Uh, he's not always so great at doing that, but I hope he's better at it this government. Adam Vancouver, and uh, Justin Trudeau has gone from winning a majority in 2015 to back-to-back -back minorities. Uh, he could face some internal challenges now to his continued leadership. Do you think we'll see that? I think the results speak for themselves, is that Canadians continue to have confidence in our government and continue to have confidence in the Liberal Party to deal with all of the important issues that I heard at the door and that I know that my colleagues heard at the door as well. And uh, I don't have a crystal ball, but I do have a job to do. And my job, as my colleagues uh, said, was given to me and entrusted in me and my team here in Milton uh, with, uh, with the majority, I might say. And I do want to thank my voters in Milton for, for voting uh, for me and, all right, and so ensuring you, that you, I can continue the work that I'm doing. You think the prime minister uh, is safe, that uh, he'll choose the, his own timing of departure, that there won't be any push to try and move him out because of these election results. Okay. Uh, no. Mr. <laughs> Mr. Duncan, Aaron O'Toole took a gamble with his party and the voters in moving the party to the centre. Uh, he promised a breakthrough, in the, a breakthrough in the GTA, didn't get it, uh, increased the party's vote there by just uh, over 1%. He didn't improve the seat count. He has less seats than Andrew Scheer won. So do you believe that gamble by Aaron O'Toole was the right one to move the party to the middle, or was that a mistake? And do you think he'll be challenged? Well, you know, I, I've supported Aaron as leader the whole way, and I think, in fact, he's had one year in a very challenging environment with COVID uh, to get himself known to Canadians. And I think over the course of 36 days, the expectations at the beginning of the campaign and that final result, Aaron certainly became more known and gained more support and steam throughout that campaign. So I don't think we need to get into the process, Peter, of uh, another leadership race. I think we need to focus. Justin Trudeau said... We're going back to the polls as soon as 18 months. So I think we need to focus on making more progress. We've made some progress. There's areas we need to do better okay. in, obviously. But let's focus on that as a team and go forward. That's that's my opinion and my view is going to be uh, in the coming weeks and months. All right. Heather McPherson, how concerned should uh, Jagmeet Singh be about challenges to his leadership? 100% not concerned at all. Obviously, he was the most popular leader throughout throughout this campaign. You know, he's the the most popular federal leader in Alberta for for portions of this campaign. That's 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 fantastic. Um, I think Canadians recognize that he is genuine, that he is he is honest, he is going to do what he says, um, and people trust him. So right. so I can't wait to get back to work with Jigme. All right, and we'll see you all when you're uh, back here. I know, I know you're working already, but we'll see you when you're back here working <laughs> in your uh, position. 
congratulations here in Parliament Hill. Uh, good uh, to see all of you, to speak with all of you. And again, congratulations to all of you and take care. Thanks so much. Thanks, Peter. Later, Congrats, everyone. guys. Thanks, Peter. And we also have reaction from a couple of Canadian premiers today. They're unhappy with the Prime Minister and the election outcome. This is a federal government that was highlighting anything that they could in a divisive nature between uh, the federal Liberal Party and a certain uh, number of provinces that may be led by a different party. Uh, you know, this, this, this is unfortunate. Unfortunate that this pointless election was called in the first place. It's unfortunate that the Canadian taxpayers are on the hook for over $600 million for uh, what was uh, essentially an, a pointless election. It's unfortunate that we have a, a Prime Minister that uh, has used uh, this the last five weeks during this election campaign to further create divisions across this nation. And uh, Saskatchewan will work with all of the, the parties that uh, are, have a role in governing uh, this nation. Um, most certainly, we're going to work again like we have before with a, you know, a, lib a minority Liberal administration that quite obviously is going to continue to be propped up by a, an NDP opposition. That's what occurred for the first two years of this minority government. The uh, leader of the NDP, Jagmeet Singh, said he was more than willing to continue to do that into the future. That wasn't good enough for the Prime Minister. He wanted to increase his seat count. Canadians didn't give him to that, and so we're going to have more of the same. A Liberal a minority administration that will be propped up uh, again by, by the NDP. There's nothing new. Eh? He knows that I hate uh, the conditions that he, he wants to put, for example, in our CHSLD. Uh, he knows very well that I want him to respect Quebec jurisdiction. So there's nothing new and nothing that was not said many times before. So I expect that we'll continue like we did. And... Uh, I hope you'll see uh, uh, the situation in Quebec, because uh, in order to get a majority government, you need more support from Quebec. So lots of questions today about what the election results actually mean, the message for political leaders, and what may come next. My next guests have some answers. Tonda McCharles is a parliamentary reporter with the Toronto Star. Joël Denis Bellavance is the parliamentary bureau chief for La Presse. And Jen Gerson is a freelance journalist based in Alberta and co-founder of the online newsletter, theline.ca. Good to see you all. Thanks for being here. Uh, Tonda, let me start with you. Uh, every one of the party leaders has had an objective going into this $600 million election campaign. Not one of them got what they wanted. Uh, they're all telling us today, though, how they interpret the results. Uh, what do you think these choices made by voters are telling these leaders about what Canadians want to see next? Oof. They all lost, didn't they, really, in a way, um, every single one of these leaders. Um, and I think the message from voters was, will you knock it off and get back to work? Um, forget all the blah, blah, just do it, get it done, stop bothering us. Um, that's the message I took. <laughs> uh, you know, how could they How could they take it any other way? I mean, you know, on the one hand, look, there are obvious upsides. Trudeau did not lose. He was not kicked out of office. Right. Um, O'Toole also was not knocked down to 40 seats or, you know, wiped off the electoral map. Uh, the Bloc Québécois managed to salvage something out of this, you know, English debate fiasco and the, and, the, and the outrage in Quebec. Everybody got a little bit of a takeaway. Jagmeet Singh doesn't get much, though. Mm. But, look, I think they all have to look long and hard at how they actually make the next two years work together. And uh, it, God help the first one of them that goes back to the electorate. All right, Jen Gerson, let me turn to you. What, what do you think the key message is in these results? 
Um, I think that the key message is that the electorate has significant reservations and concerns with all of these parties. Uh, you know, I, I wrote back in 2019 that the Liberals didn't really win in 2019, that to have your majority reduced to a minority uh, betrayed a, an electorate that had some real um, uh, 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 disagreements and concerns about how you were running government. And um, the, the Liberals didn't take any of that to heart. They just said, hey, win's a win. Let's keep on trucking. And, you know, they, they, they basically totally didn't shift. Their approach didn't shift at all. And, and you know, two years later, this is where they're at. They're, they're, they're at exactly where they were two years ago. Right. So, um, yeah, I, I think there have been reservations for all of them. There's obviously reservations for the Conservatives. There are reservations for the continued path of the, of the Liberals. Um, so I, I'm not sure what else there is to add to that. Yeah, I, I hear you. Uh, Joel Denis, uh, let me have, uh, you can add something here, though. Uh, what are your thoughts on what we saw last night? And uh, it's, it's just interesting to me to watch in the in the aftermath of this, everybody's, you know, everybody's kind of claiming, uh, you know, we kind of got a win, maybe not so much Aaron O'Toole, but nobody's happy with the results as, as such, except the Liberals, a win's a win. Uh, but what do you think it says? Well, the only conclusion that I can get, can get from this election is that the Canadians didn't want this election and they opted for status quo because we got essentially what we had before Parliament was dissolved mm -hmm. on August the 15th. So, Status quo means Canadians didn't want this election, and it's sort of a punishment for everybody who is involved, was involved in this campaign. Now, there are some messages to some of the parties, namely Mr. Trudeau. Um, I don't think that he got the majority, obviously, that he wanted, and then he is on their leash for now uh, by the electorate. And Mr. O'Toole uh, tried to uh, make a, 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 his party more centrist, more appealing to Ontario. It didn't work. No, so what kind of consequences will it have for him? For, uh, for as the leader of the Conservative Party. Right. And the Black Québécois got a bit resur resurrected, as Santa mentioned, as a result of the English debate. But it, it's not clear that he got a mandate to promote anything other than keep uh, talking in Parliament for the Black Québécois. Right. Uh, let's talk a little bit about the leaders. Tonda, uh, I mean, they're all going to face more internal questions now about their election performance, uh, mm -hmm. some more than others. And I think let's talk about Aaron O'Toole. Uh, he, he couldn't answer today why he deserved a chance to carry on as leader, even though he won fewer seats than Andrew Scheer. Uh, is he going to have a hard time keeping his job? Look, he's going to have a hard time uh, making the argument in the days and weeks ahead, because all of us are hearing from people inside and outside the party so frustrated at this campaign and its 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 reversals. Even though you know the campaign strategists had a script and stuck to it for 36 days, um, but he is unquestionably uh, going to face challenges. Can he hold it? Can he pull it off? I suppose as long as there is the threat of another election within 18 months, he can make the case, as you heard him try mm -hmm. to do this afternoon, right? We have to be ready for the next fight. But honestly, uh, at this point, I'm not sure where I'd put my money on that. Jen could perhaps give us a better sense of out west where, at, where the base is really yeah. strong for the Conservatives and are so upset. But well, that, I don't know. Let's go there. Uh, Jen, uh, Conservatives saw their biggest decline in popular support in Alberta. They lost two seats. Losing yeah. seats in Alberta, uh, let's just say it, let, like that's a non-starter for Conservatives. So how much pressure is Aaron O'Toole going to face from the Harper Conservatives in the party who don't like the shift to the middle and don't like losing seats in the Conservative heartland? I'm not sure if it's the Harper Conservatives they should be concerned about. Um, so firstly, I, I don't think that it is a non-starter that uh, the premise of the question is a problem. Okay. The, what, what O'Toole came in with it was a bit of a, of a promise to say, 
hey, you know, we, we might piss off a little bit of, uh, of the Alberta base, but in exchange, we're going to make some strides in the 905. That that was the deal. Mm-hmm. Um, Alberta, uh, the, the party could always afford to lose 14 points in Alberta. I mean, it's still a pretty much a, a, a sea to shining sea blue here. So, uh, you know, the odd... The odd seat was 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 a worthy sacrifice if it meant that they could crack the 905, if it meant that they could make some 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 gains in central Canada, and if they had made those gains, the loss in, of Alberta support would have been um, a worthwhile trade. The problem is that he ne- he never actually managed to um, make the gains in the places where the Conservatives need to be able to make gains in order to form government. Yeah, but, but I mean, as he made a but once as, government's formed. Yeah, as he made a pivot to the middle. I mean, so okay, is the conclusion now that didn't work? Uh, because it, it well, wouldn't it wouldn't sell in the 905, and how do you can can you really turn that's around and say question. okay you know maybe that was a mistake let's go back to what we used to do I mean there's no going back no, I mean for... I mean I mean no there yeah. isn't so basically if, if you if you're a smart Tory you would recognize that the Tories are on a two election strategy here and it kind of always was a two election strategy nobody thought that the Conservatives actually had a chance to form government at the at the outset of this writ draw particularly with a you know, a rookie leader who'd only been in the job for, for 12 months. So, you know, they, they have a two election strategy. They did not make the gains that they would have hoped to make um, at the end of this cycle. Um, whether or not that that is uh, worthwhile for them to take another gamble on another, you know, third leader in, in however many years yeah. is a really open question at this point. Uh, JD, what are your thoughts on that? Uh, and well, I get, you know, can he can that's really the point he seems to be trying to make. Uh, look, I, uh, I was new to Canadians. Uh, they call this in the pandemic. I've taken us in a new direction, notwithstanding, as Tonda pointed out, some of the, you know, the reversals and policies mid campaign and trying to re-explain things. Uh, but uh, he's making the case again today that, look, we got to be ready and I'm still your guy. Yeah, and that's a clear indication that Mr. O'Toole is already in uh, uh, mo- survival mode, if I may say. He will try to uh, cling to his leadership and the party and the Conservative Party. So he, he, that means that the uh, parliament that we're going to see when it resumes will remain hyper-partisan because Mr. O'Toole will have to convince a base that he's the, still the guy to lead the party into the next election. So I expect Mr. O'Toole to uh, be very hyper-partisan because of, of, he is in survival mode. And same thing with Mr. Trudeau. Uh, I would say that he is under the same survival mode status, mm. less maybe mm-hmm. than Mr. O'Toole, but still in the survival mode because his government as the um, as a minority government may be the last one he leads. Uh, let's let's talk about minorities. Uh, Tonda, this is the fifth election of the last seven that have delivered minority governments. Is, mm-hmm. Does this feel like this is going to be the new norm given sort of what we're seeing and changes in, in different parties and, and protest kinds of parties popping up now? Look, it may well be. I mean, politics in the social media age is a very um, fractious, micro-targeted affair. And people talk to people in various little bubbles and echo chambers and targeted ridings or regions all over the country. So, you know, I, I think the days of the big tent parties and the national message and the, and the you know, a, a very sort of single monolithic kind of conservative and or liberal party. No, we've got we've got parties all over the map now. And um, I, I think that it is a, it is the new normal for at least the foreseeable future. And until Canadians can figure out how how best to kind of coalesce behind uh, one or more messages. But it, it, that doesn't seem in the cards, does it? Uh, Jen Gerson, what are your thoughts on that? 
Yeah, I mean, uh, the leadership of, of, of Trudeau is interesting. I mean, if you look at the, the long-term um, decline in his sort of popularity over time, it's pretty clear that the writing's on the wall. But, you know, even though uh, we haven't seen a dramatic um, fallout in his overall popularity, it, it's, it's just on a downward trend, and I don't see any particular reason why that would reverse anytime soon. So, I mean, unless liberals have some kind of magic trick in their, in their, in their hat to sort of um, uh, make Trudeau significantly more popular again, he is going to be this sort of low-level liability for the party's fortunes for the foreseeable future. And without that, I don't, I don't see a liberal majority anytime soon. Uh, Joel Denis, let's finish with you here on, on whether you think we're in for a, a, perhaps a cycle here, a, a, another cycle. We saw it, you know, 15 years ago. Are we back to that? Uh, yes, I think it's going to be a frequent cycle for the following reason. The Bloc Québécois uh, has uh, a big hole on Quebec, a third of the seats, uh, mm -hmm. even more than uh, the third were, are uh, under the Bloc Québécois. And as long as that party remains a force to reckon with in Quebec, the other parties will have a very hard time uh, making the case for a majority. So if the Bloc Québécois were to force seats like in 2011, for example, that allow Mr. Mr. Harper to win a majority mm -hmm. or to 10 seats, that allow Mr. Trudeau to win a majority in 2015, that will be very difficult for the two main parties, the Liberal and the Conservative Party, to pull a majority. All right. Tonema Charles, uh, Joel Denis Bellamas, uh, Jen Gerson, thank you all for your time this evening. Appreciate it. Take care. Thanks, Peter. Thanks, Peter. That's all the time we have for this edition of Primetime Politics. I'm Peter Van Dusen, and from all of us here at CPAC, thanks again for watching, and I'll see you next time.